Welcome to Build with Rob. It is your host, Rob Deerdeck. You know what it is? I'm the CEO of the Deerdeck Machine. And if you don't know, the Deerdeck Machine is a venture creation studio where we systematically fuse art, science, and magic to manufacture amazing. We manufacture amazing lives and companies because together we're all entrepreneurs. We're all the visionaries of our own existence, right? And on this show, uh, we talk to entrepreneurs and visionaries and doer-dyers that are just like all of us to talk about business, to talk about strategy, to talk about life, because uh, it's what we love to do. We're all just trying to get better, 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 better every single day. As always, wherever you listen to this show, you know, give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a comment. Tell us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Share your vision in the comments, you know. Uh, we love to hear from everybody. Uh, if you listen to this show, you know how much I love to do it. Uh, it's something I absolutely get an, a massive amount of energy from. I get excited every time I get to step into this beautiful penthouse studio. Uh, that is the Build With Rob studio here in Beverly Hills. Because I love to connect and, and speak with with entrepreneurs on all aspects of, of both their business and, and their lives. And just helping... Uh, helping them with gaining more insight and 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 shaping and evolving their way of thinking in any way, shape that I can. You know, I hope that this does it for everybody that listens to the show. You know, it's always, you know, one of the reasons why I start the show off with sort of like a rant that I've been thinking about lately, you know, because for me, it's this, you know, I'm in this sort of perpetual state of always thinking about you know, what's working in my life, what's not working in my life, what, why are certain things the way that they are and and how can I change them? How can I make them better? Like, you know, always almost looking for more clarity inside the clarity that I have already, you know, and, and, and part of that is this sort of recent discovery for me where I, I realized recently that every single thing matters. And when you hear that, you're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, of course it does. Of course it does. Everything does matter. But but I'm saying every single thing matters, right? Every single thing where you live, what you think about, what you do, uh, what you say, who you surround yourself, uh, what you eat, the things you watch, you know, the things you listen to. Think of all of that, right? As you begin to hear all of that together, it's all of these different things, right? But every single one of them is compounding in a positive or negative way. And when you begin to, to, to gain that awareness and look at life through the lens of like, man, every single decision, every single thought, every single interaction, every, every word I choose to say, all of these things, when you start looking at the power of what they do when they compound together, it really begins to make you take sort of a, a pause and think when you're deciding what you're going to do. And it, it really is an amazing sense of self-awareness to think like that, that can help lead you towards better habits and better decisions and, and all of these things that could, could compound you in a positive direction instead of a negative direction. You know, they, you know, when they say, Oh, it rains, it pours, you know, bad things come in threes, you know, and it, it really is, because you get into sort of this state of, you know, 
you stay out later one night, have a, a, a few too many drinks on a night where you have sort of a, a, a bigger meeting in the morning and then you're, you're feeling less clear, you're a little more agitated, you're a little bit looser with your decision, and now there's a ripple effect on what that means, and, and, and now you're second guessing, you're stressing about the meeting. It's like all of that is compounded against staying out late and having a few too many drinks, which was just a single decision completely unrelated from your business meeting the next morning where you made a hasty decision, which then created a ripple effect that started that was going to take so much work for you now to reverse. And now it's adding stress to your life. And now it's it's compounding into that stress is now when you go home and, and you're distant or short with your wife, you know what I mean? You're not there for you. It's like, think of just that ripple effect and what it was of just having one too many drinks on a night when you know you have a big meeting. Now, when you see that all connected, it is just an example of how making that decision, because there's first order, second order, third order consequences to everything that you choose to do, that when you begin to look at all of these decisions that you decide to do in your life and how they're going to impact everything with the idea that everything you do matters, it changes the way that you live your life. And I think that sort of awakening for me makes it incredibly easy to, you know, for me, you know, I, I'm kind of using like a general example of what I went through last night. I had a big dinner meeting, uh, ran late into the evening, and I knew I had to get up this morning and shoot the show. You know, I, I, I didn't want to risk going into the shoot show without the clarity and the preparation and everything that I do to get ready for the show that makes the show better. So what did I do? I ate light. I passed on the wine while everybody was having drinks and having a real good time, you know, and then that dessert plate came as the group of like 15 of all these investment bankers and, you know, just wealthy people doing business thing, you know, like, let's, let's drink and be merry. We're successful. Let's have dessert. I passed on all of it. Right. And I passed on all of it, not on some like, you know, like, oh, I'm so disciplined and it, it has the output of the health that I need and what it is, is it's I know that something as simple as as a dessert and glass of wine in the evening is going to affect my sleep, which is then going to affect the quality of my preparation, which is in end is going to affect the quality of this show and the experience that I have with the guests and the people that'll be on this show, you know, and, and it's this really one for one easy example, I think to follow. But, you know, when you think about like where you live, you know, I used to live in Hollywood and drive, you know, down the 101 to East LA and get in a warehouse for my office and it, in the energy was just, you know, always kind of grimy and a bit of a struggle, always in, in traffic. And, and, you know, my office was in this, this warehouse and, and, you know, I, I drove through some of the, like, you know, like more grimy parts of town to get there versus when I, you know, moved to Beverly Hills and then have an office in a penthouse in Beverly Hills. Like my entire existence changed. Uh, when I changed where I lived and where my environment was of where I chose to to do my work from and experience my life from, you know, and, and all aspects of my life, I, I have put, you know, 
higher and higher quality individuals around me that continue to elevate and inspire me. I, you know, build companies with people that inspire me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, take care of, of myself, take care of my sleep, balance my time. All of these things are taking into consideration that every single thing that I do matters, that I am a multidimensional being and every decision that I make basically compounds and affects the quality of life and ultimately the quality of, of my happiness and my output and performance as an entrepreneur. And everybody should realize that every choice, every decision, every thought, everything you choose to do has an impact in some way or another on your life. So just a bit of a rant since I was living it so recently. Uh, but look, as always, we got a great show. Uh, some really great entrepreneurs that we're going we're gonna to hear them business visions and we're going we're gonna to see where their life is going. Let's get into it. Brian Guadagno, welcome to Build with Rob. How are you, my friend? What's up, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having man, me. Man, I just, I can't wait to to talk about the business that is It's Skinny. Can you please, uh, for the listeners, lay out the vision for what you've created and, and how you see it changing the world? Yeah, man. Look, you know, the problem that we have in the mainstream pasta category is the only options available to low glycemic consumers are just quite frankly not there. You have palmini, which is a great product. You have uh, you have other kind of gluten-free noodles that are super high in calories and carbohydrates. So, you know, there's a, there's a huge marginalized consumer base, really. Um, 50 million consumers, one in seven across keto, diabetic, paleo, uh, anyone with Crohn's disease. So there's a ton of consumers that are just marginalized because they don't have an option for pasta. You know, when I was... Um, what kind of what kind of like gets me real passionate about it is I went paleo when I was uh, working in I told you I was working in banking uh, when I started my career and uh, I was drinking way too much coffee I was not sleeping I was working long hours and uh, and and I had a gastro problem I went paleo for a year to clean it up and I remember the pain of you know walking down the grocery store aisle and and cho choosing not to eat instead of eating something that didn't have a label that I wanted. Um, and, you know, when you start to think about eating healthy, you really don't stop. You don't, you can't, un, you can't unflip that switch, you know? <laughs> well, hey, that's not so, true. That's not um, true. They're, hey, so many people start and flip right back or do little in between. Well, you know what I mean? Not many people can stay committed. But, you know, you never stop thinking about it is, is really the point. Yeah. Like once you're aware, you can't become unaware. It's like, you know, you can't close your eyes and be, and be willfully ignorant. I mean, you could choose to eat a different way, but you're always thinking about it. And, you know, um, this is a category like konjac noodles are not are not a new thing. They've just been kind of foul, you know, and and they have they they've had an odor. They haven't been super approachable. They needed to be prepped and cooked, and 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 they, the texture isn't great. But you know, we've we've really endeavored to make it so much more approachable and palatable by mainstream consumers. And you know, we're putting the product right in the mainstream pasta aisle, so it's discoverable. You know, only about 20% of consumers know this category right now, and that's a problem. Yeah, and, and more specifically, can, can you break down exactly what the product is and sort of the value props, if you will, sort of all the benefits of Cone Jack and what the, the product is? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a root vegetable. So it's made from a, it's made from a, a product called a, a Cone Jack. It's like a, from the yam family. Um, it grows in East Asia predominantly. And, uh, and so it's, it's an insoluble fiber. It's basically free from many things. You know, we're, 
we're we're not a, a you know the the typical healthy product. We're more of a carrier. You know, we're free from a lot of things. So it's it's you know naturally gluten free. It's certified or uh, well this this particular iteration isn't organic, but you know we we've, we have an iteration that's certified organic. Um, we're non-GMO. We're we're gluten free. You know, carb free, zero net carbs. Really, we have two grams of fiber. That's it. So you can eat it on the paleo diet. Um, another iteration of the product that that has tapioca instead of oats. You can eat it on the paleo diet. You know, anyone who is a low glycemic consumer, it's a really suitable alternative as a pasta product. And you know, it, it's 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 pretty life changing if if you want to build that back into your diet. I think you again. We we just talked about the business from the vision, its potential, your 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 background, you know, and 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 sort of the 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 benefits of it as a pasta alternative. And to me, after enjoying it in the most delightful way, the most important thing to me. Uh, because I'm not going to go so technical into it is ah, I just didn't want like, it's like this gluten-free sort of uh, low calorie option to pasta, but it took me literally like two and a half minutes to cook a delightful meal. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it was the speed, like, because yes, the noodle, convenient. you know, when it, when it comes out and you pour it out, you just put it right in the pan. I got some delightful truff sauce, you know, if you're familiar yep. with uh, truff's pasta sauce, you know, a little bit of truffle in there, mixed it in. And it, I mean, it's instant in one of the most unique ways I've ever experienced, right? Like, it, 100%. especially from a, you know, cause, cause when I start thinking about like, this is one of those products where you have to make the market, right? Like, yeah, there's a, a bunch of um, sort of, you know, Miracle Noodle and and Noodle Zero and Better Than Pasta. You know, there's people that are on like the Cone Jack sort of benefits, but they're, they're, they're kind of, I, I don't know, like, oh, they're like your brand is modern and new and delivering on sort of the yeah. way the consumer needs it. So it sits alone. But you still got to make that market, right? So it, when you know when I think about the discovery aspect, like when you're going to shop for noodles, like is it is 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 discovering like a new noodle, like the direction that you're going, right? Or or an alternative, right? Which which I, which I you know I I agree that that there's a, an opportunity there. But man, when I think about it, next to instant noodles and top ramen and more other sort of easy to cook speed items, man, it really sits alone. Because when you like look at like the type of tasty options where you can get a hearty meal in two and a half minutes, like it's microwave almost, you know what I'm saying? It's like very rare that you could get something so healthy and so tasty and, and hearty and filling that is like eating a great dish of pasta in such a short amount of time that I, I'm, I, I was really taken aback by how easy, convenient, it was and how great it tastes that I could make it my own uh, with the sauce, if you will, versus necessarily all of the all of the additional benefits that go into basically highly uh, segmented categories like paleo. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. just just when I think about the potential of trying to make the market in a lot of different areas rather than just trying to win discovery in a place where they're already just going for regular pasta anyway. 
is just yep. something that really struck me. But yeah, but hit me with your question, man. I I I, I got some interesting insight, I think, on on sort of your question as well. Yeah, you're you're kind of leading into it. I mean, you know, we're our goal is to stand out in retail and on and in digital. Um, you know, we've done a pretty good job of building a nice digital following and on social media. We've obviously we're getting some traction in, in in retail. We have pretty good velocities at the store level. How would you think about you know continuing to compete and remaining competitive? You know what what do you what do you think about that? Well, I mean, look, I think on the discovery side, you know, we always look at at packet, especially when the first time they're ever going to see it is at retail. You know, it's it's sort of this idea of of the capture, compel, convert concept, right? Like it's like what's what's going to make them grab this, right? And right now you're hitting them with like two minutes, nine calories, right? Like that's really your capture, right? Because it's skinny is trying. It's got shock value, really high shock value, right? But, But that's what I'm saying. Like to me, when we chose the name pig out for the pigless pork rind, it was like pig outs, like, Oh, what is this? Like pig out pigless. Like it like pulls you in to then read like, Oh, this is plant-based and, and gluten-free and all this, like, you know, non-GMO, like you, you discover it through that. But it was the, the loudest sort of aspect of it was that sort of pig out, like draw in, you know? And, and again, I think the more that you lean into the speed and the calories, like, man, it's like two minutes, nine calories, two minutes, nine calories. It's like, it's, it's value prop is bigger than going all the way down to like the other benefits of cone Jack and what it even means and all all this other stuff. You know, I do think it's, it's leaning into understanding like the potential and this is on a digital front, right? Because, because here's the difference, right? You, you don't want influencers to shoot a photo of the product, right? You don't want influencer marketing. You want user generated marketing, right? And you want to try anything and everything. Like to me, when I think about it, like you you should hire a TikTok agency. That's about creating content. That's like the hangry girl challenge, right? Like, oh, you got a hangry girl, like, like with it's skinny. You can, you can, you can have her happy in under three minutes. Right. And like, you know, like it's, it's that type of stuff. And then doing challenges of like seeing what the most dynamic, amazing dish that can be created in the shortest amount of time. Right. It's, it's tying, it's getting this user generated challenge in this, this marketing content that ties back to what I would consider is a much like more viable and broader value proposition, right? Like, especially on the digital side, you know, on, on the pasta alternative side and it sits in there, you're always going to be the challenge with being a pasta alternative will forever be taste and consistency of the noodle. Yeah. And really cone jack is more like a rice noodle right and in the sense that it's just a bit bit chewier like a rice noodle and if somebody buys it with the intent of replacing their pasta that's now you're that's who you're challenging you know what i'm saying versus like when you it's like this amazing healthy uh alternative to microwave food or fast food right like in and and you can make it taste as incredible as you want depending on how you make it up and you as the consumer show us how uh creative and endless you can be in your dish and your design you know it is just 
when I think about like how many different potential ways that you can hammer home two minutes and nine calories, two minutes and nine calories, two minutes and nine calories. Like I still marvel at, let me give it a shot here and see what it is. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, this is incredible. Like, I love it. Cause even when I think about like, you know, the process of boiling water and getting noodles in and just kind of going through the, Glorious. yeah, yeah you know, so and it's a deterrent, right? Like if you're, and that, that's really, I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head, man. I mean, how do you, how do you target a mainstream category or mainstream consumer with, with a product that's, you know, candidly specialty, right? It's not, it's not mainstream, but you hit them with this convenience. And then you have the added benefit of, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually free from a lot of bad crap. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and you can celebrate, like, you know, put whatever you want on it, make that hearty bolognese, you know, have, have that pad thai or however you want to cook it. Um, and I love the idea of the UGC content. That's definitely something we want to lean into this year. Yeah, because it's like, you know, and, yeah. and to me, I would spend that raise dollar on like a really dynamic uh, head of marketing, right? And 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 somebody that comes that has some experience, right? That that understands sort of um, creating user generated campaigns and 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 sort of pushing the storytelling across the different yes. sort of platforms, you know that you know that has a little has a little bit more storytelling experience rather than uh, just a social media manager. You know what I mean? Like not all the way CMO, but not all the way on the bottom of social media manager like that's really sort of the sweet spot that i think could could begin to tell the story in a lot of different ways over and over you know it's like you know when, when we for someone like luso right where it's a 135 dollars slipper it's it's style and and feeling sort of content creation and and brand equity and brand value in something like Joe Lee, where it's like water, it's this sort of continual, like, you know, get rid of, look at like, show us your ugly shower head. It's like, this is what it's doing to your skin. Like there's so many different ways of user generated and funny content. And they do a weather report and all these different things. I think since you don't know where your cohort's going to come from, right? Because you want to say paleo, but really is that going to be, can you target them? Is that really what, what you're going to build a business off of? You're better off. Nah, not, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You got a shotgun, this storytelling mm -hmm. of this, the potential of this product to so many different people so that they discover it on social and may buy it in a store even rather than necessarily converting them digitally. But yeah, that's, that's, that's just where I think, you know, I think it's just really compelling and has, has a ton of, ton of potential. It's just a matter of your crucial next step in this round is, is just those, those right bodies that can help scale, create the right story and, and scale it so that you can build your, your early signs of having loyal customers is just like giving you, you know, the writing on the wall of what's potential if you scale the customer base that they can be a lot more consistent and loyal based off of the unique job that your product's doing for them, you know. That's that's a great idea. Look, man. hit me with your life vision, man. I'm so curious. You know, I, I feel like you're a pretty calculated, smart fellow from talking to you here, man. I try to be. I try to be. Well, look, you know, uh, so the life the life question is, you know, you you've created a kind of a brand and a reputation for having great work life balance, right? You know, thinking about how to integrate what you do on a daily basis with with you know your your profession, your career. 
I love my family, you know, <laughs> I kind of, kind of want to spend some time with them. I'm, I'm, uh, I definitely haven't cracked the nut on that. So my question on life is just, you know, what advice do you have for the rest of us in carving out the most important thing, which is time with family? You know, I got two young kids. I want to spend time with them. And that's, uh, that's an area that I'm proactively trying to, trying to figure out. And, right and how old are your kids? I have a two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old, and a two-month-old. Here's the thing about it is like, you know, to you, you already you could do something every single hour of the day. Right. And so you already probably have your existing systems that you already manage. You probably get up at, at the similar time every day and knock out your emails and whatever, right before they get up. And then you go through your process with them. Then you break, you know, the wife takes, you know, you already have your system flowing and your system currently, especially at that young age, it's always easy because it's less interactive but you have to continue to design the time and then get better and better at living within that time if you want to do it, right? Because it's like, it's like for me, I still take my kids to school most days and pick them up most days. I get up at five, kind of execute in the morning before I meditate, brain train, then spend a half hour with my kids before I go in the gym for an hour, right? And then I take them to school, right? And and spend sort of an hour uh, with my kids and my wife in that process to 930. I designed it and then I just didn't compromise it. Yeah. The lack of compromise, that's, that's, that's a huge component, but, right? And, and for you, when you, when you want to do it and it's not, it hasn't turned into your sort of habit, like you, you end up like, like you do it when you can, right? Instead of like, and, and at first it's like, no, I got to make this non-compromise. I can't compromise. Now you're trying. And then eventually it's just how you live, right? Like, yeah. and, and if you apply that to all of your commitment, to the time with your family, you get better and better at it over time. And, and it's also how you like building a business is hard, especially at this stage. And, you know, the, the other, you know, difficult thing is like what you're going to really run into is like, okay, I can, I can, I'm going to hire these people to take less of the work off of me. And then you're going to misfire on a couple of those. That's going to be even more work and be, you know, and then you're gonna like trying to get them on board and get it to work. Like, you know, there, there's a lot of, of aspects of this stage before you kind of get to a sustainable stage. That's difficult that you kind of have to sacrifice, but for me, so, so if my mentality, if, if I can, if my mentality is right now, I'm just in a period of growth. Yeah. Right. I'm not doing anything wrong. I have the vision. Right. And, and there are times when I can do it. There are times when I just can't. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, I am, I am starting to, to, to gather some of that help. And, you know, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not, maybe it's just an acceptance, right? This is just the stage I'm at. And it's going to be a little bit harder. Yeah. And, and it's okay, I think, to accept it, but you can't let it become a thing, right? Because like what you don't want to get to a point is where now you've built this expectation in those that work with you, built expectation in, in, in your partners, right? And then you've done that at the sacrifice of, 
oh, we're still growing, right? Because that like, oh, I'm in a growth period. It's going to be for like 10 years. You know what I mean? You're, yeah, I, you're, I, can my wife, I can tell my wife, it's just, it's just for another year. No, it's just for and, and look, and, and again, unless yeah. you design the path to sustainability, yeah. for me, I design, I'll tell you what, when I did it, when my kids were, were, were born, I designed the time and just, and didn't compromise it. I only yeah. worked within the time I allotted and then I got more and more efficient at, at, at getting more and more done inside that alignment. I just got better and better at it. And, and, and that's the, the, the idea of like, like, Hey, in the future is when I'm going to have that time. Cause the future never comes, especially when you own a business. Cause then it's like, Oh, we're scaling now. Like, like once we scale, we're going to sell it in a few years. And then it's like, Oh, it's not, if we keep, if we keep going at this rate for a few more years, then we're going to do it. Like, and then the market turns, okay, the market turns. We just got to re get, you know, if you, if you don't design that balance into your life, and and from the onset and get better and better at it over time you will be chasing it forever and then the damage is is done rather than in my case like you know my kids can't even like like fat, like this week i've just been at the office like more than usual and they're just like what what is going on? You know, like, it's like, like just having a little bit of, of, of not being there, uh, and sort of the same structure is like mind numbing. That, that starts to feel weird. And, and look, but, and then, but you know, I'm picking up on though, that it seems like you have a lot of grace for yourself to the extent that you do get pulled out of it because you do have this steadfast commitment to what your priority is, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And, and again, it's on you to, to design it and, and nurture it. Because, you know, one thing, one of the great benefits of mastering time and designing it and then getting really good at living balanced is you, you live high energy and total clarity, but with zero regret. You, mm. you don't look back and like even right. wonder about what you did over the last year or two because it was all done with such intention. Right. So it allows you to be more present. Yeah, right. And, and because that's that's key, right? Is being able to be present. Right. And you're more present because you're you're more aware of not like working, 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 and then feeling the pressure of like, oh, I gotta spend time. And now you're trying to like like not think about work and try to be here type of thing. But you know, I think you're smart enough that that you should think about how do I start designing it now and get used to sacrificing it on the business side first, rather than looking at the opposite of let me sacrifice for now. Cause I'm growing the company, but how do you, how do you flip that? Uh, so you're adding more balance, putting more pressure on the work side so that that actually is what you get better at, get more efficient on that side might actually be a great benefit to you. Well, look, man, it was an absolute pleasure. I wish you the best. I can't wait to see see how this thing evolves. I really do think you have something incredibly special. And I, I will be whipping together a two-minute pasta when, when my wife is getting hangry to satisfy her, man. Trust me. Yes. Yeah, and dude, I appreciate you having me on. I got a uh, an It's Skinny hoodie headed your way. I appreciate it, man. All the best. Sean Oshman and Jess Scandalaria. Welcome to Build with Rob. How are you guys? We're great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, excited to to learn more about Helmet Flare. Please lay out the vision uh, that you have for the business that is Helmet Flare. Will do. Uh, 
probably starts from, I mean, you would know this from when you were a kid. Helmets were just kind of dorky and boring. And it's just hard to get kids or people in general excited about helmets because they haven't really looked that cool in a really long time. So uh, that's a problem that's been rattling around in my head for a number of decades. And about 10 years ago, it occurred to me that it's not it's not that difficult a problem to solve. Uh, we just need to find out a way to attach things to helmets to make them look cool. So this way you don't have to buy a new helmet. And ideally, you'd be able to interchange those different decorative attachments as your mood change, or if you're hanging out with your friends, you guys can switch among yourselves. And, you know, when, uh, when kids were interviewed as to why they don't wear helmets, number one reason is because they don't look cool. Second reason is because they don't fit well. So, you know, we have the option as a society, we could say, Hey, you know, here's a new law and we're going to use a stick and we're going to penalize you for not wearing a helmet or, we can use a carrot and we can say, hey, let's just make the helmet really cool. Let's make it desirable. Let's make it fun. Let's bring joy to safety. And that that idea rattling around for that long, I was running a different business at the time and you know, kept thinking about it. And I was just too busy with that other business. And uh, upon selling that other business, bought a boat, went sailing around and still was thinking about this idea. And you know, when I, an idea sticks around in your mind for long enough, you know that it's something that needs to happen at some point. So a couple of years ago, that's when I began in earnest. And, you know, Jess and I have just been banging away at it ever since. And tons of R&D and testing of different materials, different shapes, different methods of attaching things to helmet in a way that uh, is not going to hinder the safety of the helmet, because that's the tricky part with helmets, is that it is a safety device. So you don't want to mess with its function. Is that is that sort of like the concept of where the magnet comes from to where like if you were to hit it still would break it's almost like break away is sort of the concept rather than it's almost like if it was stuck on there it would like kind of like make the helmet kind of twist your neck or something is that sort of the vibe yeah you nailed it exactly so I mean that's the trick is that you know when helmets are tested in order to get certified they'll do crash tests with them they'll do roll tests with them. So you kind of don't want to mess with that because they've already been certified. So you want to have it be as small as possible. So that's why we designed those magnets to be pretty short little discs and, you know, a little bit tall, a little bit fatter than a quarter, about the same diameter. And then this way you can interchange the tops. And yeah, if you have a wipeout, they'll pop off and you could just go pick them up and put it back on. Yeah. Hey, I I think that's a, a pretty interesting value prop. Like, um, it, because you got to think uh, the, there's all of these other sort of like, you know, rascals and cred heads and, you know, there's all these like sort of fully designed out crazy helmets like and it's almost like, hey, that's not the way helmets were meant to be where we're we're still allowing helmets to be exciting, fun and cool, but still under conditions they deliver on the way that they were designed to be delivered, you know, rather than like on a rascal, you're going to, you know, slam your head on some spikes um, is is a pretty interesting sort of sell, if you will, as it relates to the customer versus consumer, right? Because you know, I, I mm-hmm. guess my my you know, when you look at it in that range, have you found that that your initial sales are coming from parents for kids or like older kids? Like, have you have you been able to tell on on kind of who your core customer is right now? 
That's a good question. And when we started this project, we had figured that the largest consumer market for this would be parents for kids. Uh, what surprised us is how many adults are super stoked to personalize their helmet because, you know, no different than a cell phone case, which is unique to you, uh, or, you know, your clothes or the hat that you wear, you know, we're all a personal brand walking around. And, you know, especially with all this TikTok and Instagram and all this, people's personal brands are just so important. And we've seen power sports folks pick this up really, really strong. And, um, you know, the kitty ears have been one of the best sellers. Large black horns have done really well. And um, yeah, so it's exciting. I mean, we've got three verticals that we're, that we're really aiming at. We've got the power sports market. We've got bicycle market. And then we've got the snow sports market. So that's kind of, those are our big three. So that's why we try to, you know, if you look at our Instagram, we try to feature our customers and show how they're showing their personal flair and, you know, because we don't tell them where to mount it. They can mount it wherever they want yeah. and they can orient it however they want. So it's been pretty cool to see just what people do with the product because they have creative license. Now, do you have, have you been selling it at retail or, or you've been primarily Amazon has been the core of the, the business or have you guys opened it up to retail? Yeah. So the past year we've been uh, selling direct to consumer, about 90% is on Amazon and 10% on our Shopify account. Yeah. And, um, Right now, we're just pushing into retail. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because you know it, it, it's it's one of those things of like how it's tough to like Amazon. It can be discovered, right? Like when you're searching for helmets and kids, like you can say, oh, you can see like oh, this would be cool to add to it, right? Because really, it's like mm-hmm. I don't know if it's you on Amazon. You're probably not searching helmet accessories. You're just searching like helmets, kids, and it like pops up in there and it'd be like, Oh, this would be sort of great. So there's a lot of organic discovery. And I'm sure you probably tried to do like ad spends to and target like moms and you know, whatever it may be. And it, and just impossible to convert on your own channel. Um, because mm-hmm. of, I just think that the nature of, like when you would be purchasing that product, you know what I mean? And, and where discovery of this is so important, you know, so hit, hit me with your, you know, I have some, some thoughts about that kind of continue with that from based off of sort of your business question, man, hit, hit me with your business question. Sure. Uh, well, our first question having to do a little bit more with the business side is, uh, do you feel as if it, it makes more sense to grow a business organically based on its own revenue and its own profits? Uh, or does it make sense to go down the path of taking on investor money and really going for that? Just just mega fast growth, that kind of 10x goal. I mean, it's kind of a philosophical thing, but just curious about your thoughts on that. Well, I, look, I I do it every way, right? Because it's what I do, mm-hmm. right? Like, and and I do it depending on the nature of the, the founder. Right. Because not everybody mm-hmm. it's like the the high growth, raise capital, grow the business, like build it to 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 revenue and take a loss, all keep raising money all the way to exit. Whew, those are 
those are so hardcore and and they're they're mainly for those with financial backgrounds right that that are really really like found a a product that's that has high growth potential and then know how to navigate the complexities of everything that goes into high growth speed from hiring and and manufacturing and distribution and just managing that especially in consumer products where it's so capital intensive Boy, that's a tough world. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, guess what? You 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 got all this money in there, and then you're not growing. You still got to grow more money to try to. Now you're getting diluted down. Like now it's like ah, and then like you know, then then you go to over the edge to where like you don't have the growth. You've been diluted, and now you got nobody else that wants to support it, and it eats itself alive trying to be that high growth company when you could have. Uh, did it yourself and had a nice, sustainable, profitable company that may not be acquired, but would be a great business for you. And and, and I think it's 100% dependent on what you are the most comfortable with. And even though I dance with the devil and, and growth businesses, like I would prefer to organically build a company that's profitable, sustainable, and growing over time and then sell it. I can tell you as the greatest the the greatest of greatest feelings is launching a company that works, that's profitable, that grows, and then you sell it where you never even have a hiccup, right? Like, it's very rare, but when it happens, it's like the ultimate in business magic, you know? But it's rare. And, and, and when I think when I look at a product like this, like, I don't necessarily believe that it's a high growth type of business or, or that, it, that it necessarily needs to be. Because when I think about your potential of discovery is if you just start like identifying all of the places that sell helmets, right? Every single place that sells helmets, right? From REI to Walmart to Dick's to like whatever it is, like Target, you, you basically go in and look at every single one of those retailers. And then I think that you've got to design the entire product, the positioning and everything to sit directly next to the person buying the plain normal helmet and, and really do all your testing and everything around this idea of like, okay, whether it's a mom with their, with their child or a dad buying it for, for themselves or somebody going in, they're all going into the helmet aisle. And if, if the way you merchandise the product is to be like, well, if you're buying that helmet, don't make that helmet look boring, right? Like you're pulling people off and, and then they look at this like, oh, Perfect. I can take this and now make it make it cool and fun myself. I think that that's a man, and that's a a metric driven business too, right? Because the moment you can say, "Hey, this is how we positioned and merchandised ourselves next to all the Protex and Dick Sporting Goods, and here's our how much you know per dollar, like it's only a half a foot of space vertical here, and it's delivering on the same amount of space as the two feet you're given to regular helmets." Like, there's a science in how they actually actually even look at the value of their like per square foot in those stores that you could like, like all you got to do is win in one. And now you can go to every single person and be like, here's how we perform with this retailer. This is what we could do for you. And, and it's almost like one good retail partner and sort of continuing to sort of modify and optimize how you position the product and the packaging to get to this higher conversion of where every time someone 
buys a helmet or call it every, you know, one in five helmets buys helmet flare to spice it up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, boy, it gets, turns into this super simple, beautiful business that you could create. You know what I mean? And yeah, you got to kind of learn that and navigate that, but boy, that's, that's pure. If, if you get that to work, then it almost automates itself, right? Because then it's just a matter of like, okay, maybe we head over into like road biking, bicycle helmets. And instead of having flare, we have reflectors, right? We have like other lights or LEDs, like things that like are, oh. are needed for, Oh, you want to see some? Oh, you already got it. Here it comes. Light it up. Oh, you're already <laughs> <laughs> See, you said it. Great minds. I got you. Okay, so this guy here, this is our first ever prototype of a light up. Yeah, see? Helmet flare. Like, this is a magnet up. activated. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so you just take yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I love that it's even on the road bike hat just the same way. You know what I mean? Look, right? yeah. It's like you just read my mind. I Look, love that. And, and, and again, I, I, I think when, you know, when you've got something like this, like when you, when you sh like you got something smart enough to where you have a unique pathway and how you can even like open up what, how it's, it scales a little bit, like in, and you can make this business a lot simpler by, by seeing it and, and setting your goals behind, like, man, we just have to win like, like in a metric driven fashion for a retailer and then repeat that for every place. And then you'll know, you'll literally know that like, here's every single retailer that sells helmets. And our goal this year is to get three of them and a hundred doors, right? It's just a, and then now you're looking for sell through metrics. And then if you work for them, like, and you do everything, you keep modifying and doing everything, not try to get to like, we're going to go to all of these thousand retailers. It's like, how do you pick one or two and go win with them and do all your learning early so that you can actually scale to all these bigger ones and not, not have to learn, you know, not get an opportunity to get into a Walmart and then not have refined sort of the positioning of the brand and how you merchandise it that drives conversion. Because, you know, I can tell you many a times I've brought a product into Walmart and been like, this is it. It. this is it we're going big and it lasted three weeks you know what i'm saying because it got in there and it was positioned wrong and right. didn't work and didn't sell through and their shelf space is so valuable they give you a few weeks to to turn over a percentage to show some potential or they move something else in very quickly and it's happened to me you know a handful of times and it's always painful but it's this idea that if you if you narrow down the idea to that level, you may never need to raise money and you can grow it and make it highly profitable and easy to manage and run for the long term, which is the most beautiful type of business, right? Where you just have, you know, a core set of retailers that the product kind of sells itself sitting next to other products mm -hmm. that sell itself. It's like the core helmet. It's not like they're redesigning. Yeah, they add some different helmets here and there, but for the most part, like you say, they're black, white, and gray, and they just, they're the ones that sell the most and you're just piggybacking on spicing those up a little bit. Right. And, but you're also saying, Hey, we're not compromising why you bought this in the first place where don't worry, like Stacy's unicorn's going to unicorn horn's going to pop right off. It's going to pop right off. If she goes face first to her forehead, uh, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And, and I, I think that's just, just, just really, really 
interesting and a simple way to set your goals and and create the KPIs and and what you need to learn and get best at to go and win at instead of trying to sell ads and build a deep social following and trying to create content and figure out even even getting Amazon to even convert convert is, is difficult unto itself but since you're sitting next to helmets and do your keywords that tie perfectly to when you search helmets and this thing ends up mm-hmm. in the same zone is is another another way to win but i i think it's it's certainly there's a clear path here for you to find that sustained success as big as it could possibly be uh that you you could eventually sell to one of the main manufacturers if they just want to capitalize on another revenue stream you know but the mm-hmm. the beauty again you know, but if you can build a business that's that's sustainable and profitable, there's a lot of people that will buy it. And then you always you always have the leverage because it's like, why would I sell it if it's profitable and sustainable? You know what I mean? It is the ultimate uh, in in the business game, you know. OK, hit me with the life question, man. It's, it's somewhat similar, but I'd love to hear your sort of take on it, too. What do you do that's most important to energize you? in order to have the energy to do these business projects. Clarity gives me energy. Mm. You know what I mean? When you know what you're doing each day and, and then you have clear goals and then you're evolving and growing towards those clear goals that have a clear output, boy, you get excited, you know? And, and really I apply sort of all aspects of my life uh, of intention to that. But man, in business, when like the harder you work and, and you know, like the, that when you get up, the work that you put in is going to lead you to the the goal that excites you. Like, man, that's where that energy comes from, right? Like that energy has to be created mm-hmm. and, and it's not, you can't get up and yell at yourself and be like, you need to get into it today. Today's the day that you're going to be psyched. You're going to push this helmet flare to the next level. No, it's like when you get up, and know like, man, I'm meeting with these four retailers and like if they, uh, and I'm building this presentation to share with them and I've, I've refined even our metrics of how we support shelf space for these retailers. When they see this, their mind's going to be blown. And then they say, we love it. That's like where the energy is. Okay. We got to sort out to get more capital, to do more manufacturing, get ready Dayton, Ohio. We're coming for a mega order. You know, it's (laughs) like, that's that, that natural energy that comes with having that clarity and deep understanding and what you're hoping to achieve and then moving towards it rather than it's hard when you you're running a business, trying to find the customer, always trying to search on what the right strategy is like, all right, let's try this. Well, maybe we, we let's go into this category when you just can't find it. It's actually Mm -hmm. draining. It's actually the opposite, right? Because then you got to force yourself to like, okay, I got to try something new. Uh, it is sort of the aspect of it that, you know, uh, I think is, is just the nature of a lot of people's ideas, right? When you, when you have a, an idea that may be more complex or the customer is not highly defined and, and then sort of where you can potentially find growth isn't clear and, and maybe not at all is, is where males are soul suckers. 
Those are soul suckers. So, you know, you, you seek clarity in life and you live with intention and that's where energy is born. Then you love it and and there's passion mm-hmm. in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, or like clear purpose. Like, so you got the energy and this clear purpose. That's where the passion is, right? You're like, oh, this is amazing. You know, you can, you can really build that, that energy for something. And look, I, mm-hmm. I, I gotta say another amazing connection beyond Dayton, Ohio, where I'm from, but the great Chris Cox, uh, designed yeah. your brand and logo, uh, which I, you know, the, the new brand refresh, you got one of the best, you got one of the best, um, uh, it, look if for anybody out there who just needs a great graphic designer, change the thought, change the thought dot us, uh, dot us, uh, you know, Chris Cox is an amazing designer, designed a ton of different stuff for me. He, he designed your guys, uh, new rebranding, did amazing job and it, and it looks <laughs> amazing. I love the, the, soul, the, the much more excitement that comes with the character. Uh, but look, you know, I, I really think you got something special and I, and I think you, if you focus in and on that retail and owning that, how do you like really connect with when they buy that helmet, you buy it. I think you're going to win and, and have a great business that you can grow to whatever scale you're most comfortable with. You know what I mean? Well, what's exciting, uh, what you mentioned about having that enthusiasm about a product and about the business, what's cool about this, I mean, first of all, we get to go out and do fun stuff and we call it work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get to go, we get to go on the slopes and we're wearing ridiculous stuff. So, you know, we're going down and we're like, hey, look, we got kitty ears on our helmet. Yeah. And I'll tell you the number of people that just stop us. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, you know, if you see a product you think is cool, you might just go, Hey man, those are cool kitty ears. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just go ahead and ski off, right? Yeah. No, no, no. That's not what happens with this. What happens with this is that people see it and they go, that's amazing. Where do I buy it? Yeah. Yeah. So we, now we were observing this when we were prototyping and we were out doing field testing. This was, this was two years ago when all the prototypes that we had to take the steamboat and go on the slopes, they were all 3d printed. But people were just so amazed and so excited. So, you know, for us, as far as just, you know, keeping that motivation, keeping that excitement to keep doing this project, a lot of it actually comes from potential customers because they see it and they're like, I want that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's going to bring joy to my life. And for us, I mean, if we could bring joy to people and allow us to just manifest this idea and bring it into the world, kind of like giving birth to something. Yeah. I mean, that's like a, that's like a win, 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 win yeah, well, kind look, of situation. Look, look, you don't need no energy. You're energized. You know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? I can see it in the videos. You know what I mean? You guys are riding bikes. We're on the ski slopes. We're on a boat. Let's go. What's up? You know what I mean? So look, you you already got the energy. And look, that means you are you got the right idea at the right time. Now get that, that extra energy is when... Uh, you're seeing it everywhere and it's really working and successful, which, which I, I, I really expect for you guys, you know what I mean? So I wish you the best of luck and, and look forward to seeing Thanks, the project and the, and the evolution. Glad we were able to connect. Yeah, I did. Thanks. All right. Be good. All right. That's it for our show today. Thank you again to everybody uh, for, for listening and playing a part in all things Deer Deck Machine, whether that's supporting our do or die or partners and, and, buying our products, listening to the show, interacting with us on social media, every single one of you. Appreciate you so much. 
uh, as always, you want to, uh, you know, really support us. Hit us with those likes and subscribes, comments, star us, give it to us all. Go to DeerDeckMachine.com if you want to really get involved, be on the show, pitch us an idea, become a machinist. Uh, we appreciate all of you forever and always. And we know that every single one of you is the visionary you. We know that you you got your own vision. We know that you're listening to the show, developing a plan. And we know you got the heart to execute it because you're just like us. Until next time, see it, believe it, do it.